The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We were talking in the last half hour about uh, mistakes you can make. Uh, a Reddit thread that's uh, gaining a lot of ground with people. Lots of responses coming in from bosses, employers, uh, saying uh, some bad things that happened during job interviews. Some great stories. I picked out five. You picked out a couple as well, Kelsey? Yeah, I have a couple that are pretty good. Uh, This one said, it's kind of a weird story with a twist. A woman applied for an artist position at my workplace. We did a lot of game research at the time. And during the interview, I asked if she had a portfolio. She nonchalantly said, of course, and I flipped through it and it was all straight up I don't even know if I can say this. Gang rape? Magna? <gasps> what? And tentacle porn. All women in various poses, black and white, color drawn. I don't drawings. know what that means. I was, I, I'm not going to explain it to you. Can I Google it? Yep. Dot on company computers, though. I was taken aback, and she seemed pretty unfazed by it. So I cut the interview short, and I put her to the bottom of the pile. Well, later that night, I was talking to my wife about today's work, and she asked how the interviews were going for the new position. And I brought up this woman's portfolio and told her it was unexpected and totally offensive stuff. And she paused and genuinely asked, were they well drawn? And I was like, honestly, yeah, they were drawn really well despite the subject matter. And she said, well, if she can draw well, what does it matter what she draws in her free time? The following week, I hired her. Really? That's a pretty uh, tolerant, reasonable wife. That's a good point. I guess... (laughs) <laughs> Either that or he changed the story. Like, she was just going through his briefcase one day and found these. He was like, no, I'm hiring artists. <laughs> and then <laughs> and had that to was, quick, quickly had to hire yeah, somebody. Yeah, had to get hold of them. And, uh, Do you want a job? Because, yeah, coincidence would have it that, yeah. So, uh, Reed Wilkins popped by the studio. We decided to put you on the spot. Do you have any... <laughs> How do I possibly follow that? Do you have a portfolio? Uh, I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> I'm waiting for your story so I can follow that. Jeez. Any any crazy? Did you bomb an interview? I I I, I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've I've had a job interview, uh, so I can't That's remember true. anything disastrous. I mean, I have been in roles where I've been the person hiring, or conducting interviews and having input in the hiring. Uh, maybe there would have been some doozies there. You know, the one thing that d- did happen. This was probably fifteen years ago. Uh, I won't say where it was, but I was obviously working in Lloydminster, and I, I applied for a, a job in Edmonton at a, at a TV station. I won't say which one. And I didn't get the job. And it, so fair enough. I mean, you get used to rejection, sure. obviously, in this business. But the employer said we didn't – he didn't say this was the only reason, but he said you said in your interview that you would just be using our station as a stepping stone to other things in your career. And I would, well, that's the nature I, of the I business. would almost bet my life that I didn't say that, oh, because really? it was, it was because assumption. it was my goal to work uh, in Edmonton. So I, I I think he might have got me confused, confused with somebody, with somebody yeah. else, or 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 misconstrued. Or maybe that was the note that he put on there. Because Somehow he, he misconstrued he got that something out of the, I, yeah, I said yeah. uh, into that. Because I remember when he, I mean, from all the times I've been rejected, and there there have been many of them. That's the one thing I still remember. And it's still sometimes if I really think about it, it kind of bugs me. Or, or, or and then you're like, did I possibly somehow say that? See, that's like, the worst too, because you'll is, never know, right? Because is, you, yeah, and it he is won't kinda, remember the interview. It is kind he, of a she, dis- disrespectful yeah. thing to say, sure. depending on how it come comes out. 
you know, if you say, I mean, I guess they're saying, well, 20 years from now, I'd like to be this, this, and this. But if you imply to somebody, well, in six months, I want to be, I want to be. But I, but I just, <laughs> because my goal was to, you know, work in, in Edmonton. Yeah. So it's hard to believe that, that I would say something that, that blatant to, sh- to shoot down I would admire your honesty, that. honestly, if I was the one interviewing. Yeah, employers don't. Um, I, you, oh. just, <laughs> you just made me think of my girlfriend. I graduated from university with her. Um, we were both fresh graduates out of journalism school and she had her first interview with a TV station in Toronto. And so during the interview, they said, what about broadcast do you really enjoy? And right out of the gate, she said, well, honestly, I'm a newspaper girl, but I took the interview because, hey, a job's a job. Oh. And then she walked out of there and her face, I was waiting for her outside. She's like, I don't know why I said that. Why would I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's- See, that's, I think if I were <laughs> if I were conducting that interview, I don't know if that would bother me if it, if it still seemed like she had the skill skill set oh, and work ethic talented. to work in a slightly right. different See, medium, right? Fantastic that you just said that, because I was going to say that I think the biggest mistake I made in a job interview, and, but it worked out for the reasons that you just mentioned, was Algoma Steel. So I'm graduating from university, I need to get that job, and this is the first time I've interviewed with a, a big corporation for a full-time job. And they come to Dalhousie, they come to campus, they interview a whole bunch of people. And if you get past that process, they fly you to uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario for the next rounds of interviews. So maybe 20 guys from across Canada fly into Sault Ste. Marie, and a middle manager interviews the 20 to recommend the 10 that the next level of management will interview, and then there'll be four or five successful candidates. So I in no way prepared for this interview. I honestly did not think I would get the interview. So... I just suddenly get this notice that I'm, you know, got to fly to Sault Ste. Marie. That I and honestly, Reed, Kelsey, I don't even remember interviewing with Algoma because I was interviewing with a whole bunch of people, and I'm like Algoma, okay. And so I went to the airport, Halifax, flew to Sault Ste. Marie, sit down with this guy, know nothing about the company, had intended to research it but didn't. So I'm sitting in his office. And he says to me, like my dad used to do, he's go, oh, I've read your resume. You know, it's very impressive. Um, Tell me what you know about Algoma Steel. Or no, actually, he said, tell me what you know about Sault Ste. Marie, which I know nothing about Sault Ste. Marie. It's a town. I couldn't have shown it to you on a map. Like, I literally, I know you fly to Toronto, then it's another couple hours after that. That's all I do. So we asked that, but you have to answer it. So I'm staring at him, and behind him on that little credenza or whatever uh, executives have, there's a picture of him with his arm around Wayne Gretzky in a Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds jersey. Mm -hmm. So I say to him, the one thing I know about Sault Ste. Marie is you have a great hockey team. And I couldn't think of another... You must have a great hockey team if Wayne Gretzky played for it, right? So I, I throw that out there, and he goes, I'm the general manager of the Greyhounds. I'm like, you're kidding. And he's like, no. And I go, well, you've done a great job, right? And he goes, do you know how Gretzky got his number 99? I'm like, no. And he starts telling me this story that it was supposed to be nine, and yeah. somebody already had a nine, so we went nine, whatever. He talked for 30 minutes about Wayne Gretzky. I said nothing except, wow. And at the end of 30 minutes, he was like, listen, I, this is probably, you're probably one of the best interviews I've had today. And I was like, oh, fabulous. <laughs> I literally great. said, yeah. Aggressive great. nodding, bobblehead right. nodding. So I get passed on to the senior vice president of sales, Hank Williams. I'll never forget his name. I know, <laughs> Hank Williams. And I'm sitting in Hank's office, which is considerably bigger and better furnished. And we're down to, I think, 10 now for five spots, right? So I'm pretty close. And Hank does the same thing. He's, I've read your resume. And I'm like, oh, here we go. He's going to ask me about Sault Ste. Marie, right? He goes, so, uh, he goes, tell me a little bit about uh, what you know about Sault Ste. Marie. 
And I said, well, they've got a great hockey team. He was like, oh, the Greyhounds? They haven't been great in 10 years. And I was like, well, they had Wayne Gretzky. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then he goes, all right. Because I see on your resume that you went to Dalhousie. And I went, say, yeah, that's correct. He goes, for an MBA. And I went, yeah. And he goes, why wouldn't you go to Western? And I, and I okay. So I say, because Western, Western's reputation is overrated. I, I mean, I know that, you know, whenever you... you said know, this to him? I did. I, I go, you know, everybody's like, oh, i got to get my degree from Western, right? Well, Western means nothing. I mean, ba- you know, and I just go into this, this thing about... This is an East Coast school, so, right? Right. I, well, Western is in London, Ontario. Yeah. Halifax is where Dalhousie is, right? And as I'm putting down Western, I look up and see his uh, MBA from Western. So it's on the wall pretty prominently. So he's just listening to me, and I look up and see Western... And I see the date. And he graduated in like 1968 or something. And so I'm just coming around the corner with my criticism of Western and how overrated it is. And I said, now listen, don't get me wrong. In the 60s, that's when they were putting out today's leaders. Those are the individuals that built the reputation that Western is based upon. But those individuals have not been followed by a better class. And he just stared at me and he went, you, my friend, are full of, and he said the S word. Because, <laughs> but I like the way you dance. And he gave me the job. Worked there for five years. So good. That's awesome. He used to tell that story at dinner meetings. Just weird. You leave a legacy. I, 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 st- I, I still think the best way to answer the question, what do you know about Sault Ste. Marie, would have been to say, sorry, don't you mean Salt St. Marie? <laughs> <laughs> that would have ended the interview pretty quickly. Yeah, and then follow that up with uh, sliding over some pictures of tentacles or whatever it is you sketch. Tentacle porn. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I have got to don't Google that. Don't look it up, and if you do look it up, please do not <laughs> in any way connect We are in no me. way recommending. Nope. Uh, the only, <laughs> Wait a minute, let's just... The only reason I know what yes, it is is okay. from Cards Against Humanity. It's one of the cards, and I I looked it up. Okay? It's not that I know anything more Don't even... It. Just let's take the break. Mm-hmm. That'll give us a couple of minutes to Google. Nope. Do not Google on work do computers. Not. All right. I'll get back to you in a couple. Well, I'm <clears throat> I'm going to need a moment. Okay. <laughs> Bleach for your eyes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I told you not to use the work computer. <sighs> Topher says his day has been made. Epic wedding stories and tentacle porn. The day Please don't Google made. that, anyone. It's a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> that, okay. All right, so more texts, please. Yeah, so we're talking about ways you've bombed an interview or if you're... Right, that's if, right. If you're an employer and, sure. and you've seen something horrific or stories you've heard, we want them all because these are amazing. There was a... A thread on Reddit that just said, employers, tell us your most disastrous interviews. And we're getting some fabulous texts. Allison said, I was the assistant manager of a swimwear store, and I had a girl come in with her friend. She filled out an application, and under why she would be good, she ended her paragraph with, so, dot, 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 yeah. Her application got a so, (laughs) dot, 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 no. That's from Allison. (laughs) That's funny. So, Um, yeah. This is uh, Brad from Grand Prairie. He said, I interviewed a guy once. I was explaining the the process of the three-month probation period, and he looked at me and said, well, uh, he wouldn't be the only one on probation. And then he said, I'll let you chew on that for a bit. I'm going over to A&B Sound to buy a few CDs. You think about it. <laughs> it's awesome. I like your confidence, sir. I like it so much. 
These are so great. Um, this one, a little heavier from Bruce. He said, I'm a white guy. I was asked in an interview if I was a racist. There was a black man in the room. I felt very uncomfortable at this point. I looked him in the eye and said no. But at that point, I was so out of sorts, I just kind of bumbled my way through it, and I didn't get the job. And I, I think at that point, I didn't want to get that job anyway. I don't know that that's a fair question to ask. but Pretty it, unfair question, I think. Pretty simple answer, though, right? I mean, no. But, but at the same time, what are they... Oh, you're white? You must be racist? Like, what kind of company would just have that assumption? I don't know if they did. Like, there is such a thing as sort of a shock interview. Like, you ask a question that's completely unexpected to see how somebody reacts to it. Like I said, my father would always put people on the spot and not answer them to see what they would blurt out next through nervousness. But, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty inappropriate question. In fact, I wonder if it might even be unlawful, honestly. I, I mean, you can't ask somebody... Are you planning of children? Are you... You can't ask that. You can't ask... Well, it's are you married? Yeah, yeah. I know that I've heard from employers that there's ways around asking. Um, instead of coming outright, they want to know if, if they'll be financially stable on their own. If the, if the pay isn't great, if they're single, they might not be able to make it in the city, especially in a place like Vancouver. So they'll say things like, know a lot of people here? Really? And then you can say, oh, yeah, I live, my family is in town or my, you know, my girlfriend and I have moved here together or whatever it may be. So there's ways around it. And then they won't hire you based on the fact that if you're like, nope, coming out here for a new start, they might not hire you because they might think you might want to head home where you'll mm-hmm. have family support. So that's interesting because back when I did do a lot of hiring, I would not look at the, um, and this was back when, you know, on the resume, people would say their birth date and they would, you, you know, if it was a man or woman, obviously, um, they would give a lot of personal information that now they're not obligated to and, and, and future employers are not legally able to ask. But I would never look at that information anyways. I'd always start with their work experience and their education. And you'd often be surprised because you go in with predisposed notions of what it is you're looking for. Like you're hiring salesmen, you know, like I want 21 year old, fresh out of university, whatever. And you know, a lot of these guys, they haven't made their decisions as to where their career path is going yet. So you hire one of those, they maybe do a great job for you for a time. And then they use, as Reed mentioned, your company as a stepping stone to another company that's got a better product or better pay, right? And what you'll find is, if you don't look at age, you don't look at, at anything but education and the last, say, five or 10 years, you find, say, a 58-year-old who would be absolutely perfect. And nobody he calls on or she calls on is going to know that she hasn't spent or he hasn't spent the last 38 years with your company. They they just see a mature, responsible individual representing your product. And, and, you know, I'm not a big advocate of more rules about how to hire or more rules in general, but it is just an interesting thing. And it reminds me of that story that we did quite some time ago about a an app or a program that had come out to qualify people to rent homes and that what it did was it asked the potential potential landlord specifically what are you looking for but didn't ask questions about ethnic heritage uh, age marital status like anything like that and that they recommended many clients who a landlord would typically have not even looked at just be, oh, I don't want a single woman because she's going to have, you, you go into it with this predis, you know, she's going to have guys over, oh, she's going to have that parties. That was just or- like when I first moved here, I wasn't married yet and I would say, I would put on the application my boyfriend and I. Mm. And 
I would not get a single call back when I was looking for a place to rent really? when we were first moving here. As soon as I said, uh, when I was calling these landlords and I was saying, oh, my husband and I will be on t- in town, they're like, no problem, come on over. Really, There's eh? this this conception that, oh, if you're married, you're going to be more responsible. Yeah, yeah. It didn't matter that we were th- uh, we we're the same age. Is it, we could have been dating, we could have been married, we could have had kids or without kids. But as soon as there's something about saying, I'm married, I'm in a serious relationship, that means we're going to be more responsible and less destructive on their property. Hmm. It's interesting stuff. Did I ever tell you about, and you know, we'll wrap it up and throw it into his headlines. Did I ever tell you about the guy I did hire? He, he nailed the interview. This guy came in and the company was Arnold Brothers uh, Transport and I was a uh, terminal manager for them. He came in, had the experience, um, lots of sales experience, but good experience. Like he wasn't job ho- uh, hopping. He had had uh, a very good progression in terms of his career. Um, in the interview, he said that he would like my job, um, but he saw that as something for five or 10 years down the road. I mean, he answered everything pretty well. His education was good, solid. He was also in his mid forties. And I like that, as I just said, I, li- I prefer a more mature experienced person uh, to represent my brand or my company. So I hired him. And the first day he showed up, he was in sweatpants. And so he showed up in sweatpants, and I just said, what are you doing? What do you mean? Why are you in sweatpants? He goes, oh, I just assumed there'd be a training period, so you know, be climbing in and out of trucks or trailers or whatever, so I dressed appropriately. I went, oh, okay, uh, no. So the training, yeah, the training takes place in the office, so if you want to go home, and he's like, oh, I can't go home. My girlfriend has the only key to her apartment, so I won't be able to go home till five. Okay, so we trained him that day, or somebody trained him that day, and he went home. The next day, he didn't show up at all. So we phoned him, and he didn't reply to our calls. So the third day, we phoned him, um, just, are you coming in today? Is everything okay? And he was like, yeah, sorry about that. I was sick yesterday. I go, you should call us when you're sick. And and he, he goes, I didn't know your phone number, right? He didn't know my phone number. So then he shows up to to work on the third day in a suit, and we take him out. So I take him out to customers to introduce their new sales rep, and the first customer was a guy who transports eggs to Winnipeg, and he transports them in um, racks, in metal racks. So we have 53 feet of metal racks and eggs, it's a very light load, that goes all the way to Winnipeg. And I asked him when he described this for me how he gets the racks back to Calgary. And he's like, oh, it's always a problem. Like, they, they build up in Winnipeg. And I was like, well, we could probably offer you a rate where if we can leave them on the same truck, a Calgary-based truck, we'll bring them back at half price because that driver's got to come back anyway. And he was like, that's wonderful. So when we got out of the meeting, I said to him, now you see how you got to listen to what the customer says and seize the opportunity. So you got to think, how does he get those racks back? And he was like, oh, that's great, that's great. So the next company was a meat packer. And he, he said, can I take the lead on this? And I said, sure. So we go in and he says, so what, what's your product? And we're at like Maple Leaf or something, like you should know their product. The guy goes, well, you know, we ship meat across Canada. He goes, how do you get your metal racks back? <laughs> the guy's like, what metal racks? He goes, don't, you don't use metal racks? He's like, no. And outside he was like, oh, I tried your suggestion and, you know, it didn't work. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't even make sense. So after about a week, we let him go. But we paid him out for two weeks. Like, listen, I'm really sorry. This isn't going to work out. And we wanted to be responsible. So we gave him like two or three weeks pay and said goodbye to him. I learned years later, that's what he does for a living. He applies and nails interviews, gets jobs, and then gets fired as quickly as possible. Because most 
reputable companies will give you some compensation. What? Yeah. And the only reason I found out is because my boarder, who lived downstairs, started telling me the story about this really weird person they'd hired and who had screwed up on the job immediately and then said her name. And I'm like, that's the guy. And we just started looking into it. He was working at that time for three or four companies. So the reason he didn't come in on the second day is he was off either doing a job interview or, or a job at somebody else's company and intentionally screwing it up. That's that's not even psychopath, sociopath. That's just right messed up. But profitable. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.